Hi, my name is Mike Kariakos. Um, I'm happy to be uh, today's guest on Tech Talk Travel. Uh, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Curiosity. Welcome to another episode of Tech Talk Travel, coming to you from New York once again. Today's guest is Michael Kariakis from Curiosity, and uh, Michael is also uh, the founder of a, a company that IPO'd called uh, EverydayHealth.com. EverydayHealth.com. Michael, it's great to have you with us on the show. It's a pleasure. Thank you for uh, thank you for uh, having me, Andre, uh, and uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure. Michael, let's get started by talking a little bit about your background. You're historically not a hotel person, mm -hmm. but yet your um, your career or your direction has gone in that way now. Yes. Prior to Curiosity, mm -hmm. talk, talk to us about Everyday Health a little bit, and you, I believe you IPO'd yeah. right, on that. So, so uh, overnight success in 2002. Uh, uh, my uh, two partners and I uh, started off in a kitchen in Brooklyn. Um, we built uh, huge databases around diet, health, and fitness, uh, and launched a site called EverydayHealth.com, which became uh, the number one or number two um, health media business. Uh, we then um, uh, acquired and built out a site called MedPage Today, uh, which um, Dr. Sanjay Gupta was the editor at large of, uh, and it became uh, the number two um, uh, actually, the number one uh, news resource for uh, practicing physicians uh, in the U.S. Um, uh, to get to, you know to get news and information, uh, and we built that from you know zero to uh, 600 uh, employees and 250 million dollars in revenue. Uh, I left uh, in 2014 with uh, the IPO as my sort of uh, uh, curtain call. Yeah, uh, and um, you know the natural inclination uh, was. Uh, uh, you know, to, to, to do something else in, 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 in health media or health technology because uh, there's certainly a lot of work to do. Uh, but the, the reality is, um, uh, you know, it really does take the Jeff Bezos's, the uh, Warren Buffett's and the, uh, uh, and the Jamie Dimon's coming together to dent um, the severity of the issue in the health infrastructure. Uh, and so it was a little, you know, we built a great media business, but there wasn't a lot that was obvious for me to do immediately. Um, it became pretty clear to me that, you know, travel, luxury travel media in the U.S. and globally, you know, with the ex exception of TripAdvisor, which is really, you know, a user-generated content site mm -hmm. and a, a lot of different things, but not a media, mm -hmm. you, know, media you know, not a publisher per se. They don't produce their own content. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I kind of looked at what was going on in luxury travel, felt like the publishers were having a ginormous impact and that, you know, hoteliers would be promoted for getting their hotel on the gold 150 uh, list at Condé Nast Traveler. And they knew that that had $10 million of economic impact on that hotel over a 10 year period of time. You know, so when you look at that example, you'd say, okay, well, the gold 150 list has $10 million of economic impact on your business, you know, over a three to five year period from it happening as a hotel, you know. So that issue itself drives $1.5 billion of downstream economic activity. What are Condé Nast travelers' uh, revenues from hotels? Uh, well, you, if they were an OTA, it would be 15% of that 1.5 billion, which would be $225 million. Guess what? That's probably four times the size of Condé Nast traveler overall. And then if you sort of peel the onion and go into the hotel vertical, which is probably 
less than 10% of their business, mm -hmm. uh, you kind of see that um, there is no money flowing in a meaningful way, except for some, you know, some of the flags do some branding and every once in a while, an intrepid hotelier will, will you know, will do something with them beyond that. But just kind of felt like luxury travel media was driving all this impact. And uh, what would happen is, you know, user reads about a great uh, property and departures magazine. Uh, you know, I read about uh, uh, the Como and the Amman hotels uh, in Bhutan. Yeah. I, a year later, I decided to, I was getting married. I decided to book my, my honeymoon there. Um, you know, I didn't do it through Expedia. I did it through MX Travel at that time, you know, who then got 15% of the revenue, which was fair because I read it through departures. But so many other times, you know, you, uh, you know, I, I, I did a TED talk uh, in the summer and I, I, I or TEDx talk, um, uh, and um, one of the sort of inspirations I cited in that in, in that talk was I had taken a trip to Marrakesh. I bought the Wallpaper Magazine City Guide. Love Wallpaper Magazine, uh, especially in the early days when Tyler Brule was more involved. Uh, but still, uh, still a great great editorial product, and love the travel guides. Basically, read it. You know, the book cost eleven dollars. Wallpaper made a dollar fifty. I then booked ten thousand dollars of travel on Expedia. You know, most of it was hotels. Yeah. They probably made thirteen, fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, and you kind of sit back and you're like, okay, well, the publisher made a dollar fifty, and Expedia made yeah. fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. Who did more work? Yeah, exactly. You know, who deserved the credit? Uh, and can I use some of the same principles that we discovered at Everyday Health? and sort of apply them here to create some transparency in that cause and effect that the sort of upper part of the funnel yeah. Um, uh, creates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a very interesting concept. The, the, the fact that you even thought about it as, a, as an outsider of the industry, I think, is perhaps one of the things that um, is what I find really interesting mm -hmm. because no one, I mean, what you're saying is actually very <laughs> relative when right. you think about it. Right. Um, the publisher has actually gone to a lot of work and done a lot of effort to make it look fantastic. Yeah. Um, and yet, the, where, wherever it was booked through gets the majority. So, um, what? how did you come to the thought? Like, how did you think to yourself, okay, this is, this is really unbalanced. There needs to be a shift here. And, and when you decided to do that shift, how did you apply it? What was your, your method in terms of getting it yeah. to where it is today? Well, well look, I, I think that, you know, there's coincidence and there's timing and there's things like that. And, and, you know, I was in the heat of really trying to figure out how we were going to compete against WebMD using data and, and going from online to offline. And so, or, you know, in this case, the point of inspiration to the, to the, to the you know, I was trying to create the cause and effect feedback loop that I knew if we did right, would be so attractive and and uh, we would be such better partners to our advertisers by sort of giving them this transparency um, and you know I was in the middle of thinking of that and I was in the and then I booked this trip and so you know mm. I think entrepreneurs and business people sometimes they're you know there's probably a lot of numbers flying around in my head at all times and well I heard you say that on the tech talk you're a yeah, numbers guy yeah you know <laughs> it's 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 hard to not think about okay well you know, I, I'm at that point. I, I I had the market. You know, number two digital. Media, you know, so I was looking at the public yeah. internet stocks, and I was like, yeah. "Wow, Expedia price on there. They're worth almost you know seventy five billion dollars." And yeah. and you know, in this case, they just kind of like they were more of like PayPal. Yeah. They consummated my existing intent, 
And so I just found it peculiar, and because I was thinking of the problem at that time, you know, uh, I, I, I sort of ruminated on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you see it as something only for the luxury end of the market, or do you think that it could be something applied across the range? Because obviously, yes, uh, luxury properties do focus very heavily on yeah. on, on publications like Condé Nast and, and Wallpaper magazine, but also the smaller or the or the middle tier and, and, and perhaps lower tier of mm -hmm. range of properties also rely on publications. So is it something that you could apply across the entire industry, or is, is the top end of the industry purely the focus you know there's a couple of data points that have me focused more on the top end of the market to start yeah and by that I mean the 10 to 15,000 four and five star properties uh, in the world whether they be flagged unflagged independent or, or, or you know or yeah. part of a chain yeah and why there a couple data points led me to that um, Rob Torres, the head of uh, uh, Google Travel, uh, kindly took a meeting. Uh, you, you know, the head of Google Health introduced me, and you know, when I was leaving, and mm -hmm. sat down with him, and and I said, you know, w it's very clear to me that publishers aren't participating in this ecosystem in a meaningful way, except for TripAdvisor, and he said, well, let's parse that a little bit. TripAdvisor um, is probably uh, considered uh, an unbelievable resource at the sort of mid range yep. um but at the higher range you know when you're when, when it's not just about price and convenience and value for money mm. when it's more like experiential you know i want i want to be at the best place or i want to be at you know so, so the bounce rates for TripAdvisor at the low at the lower end were much lower than the bounce rates for TripAdvisor at the high end yeah. kind of makes sense and yeah. if you think about a you know, a consumer of, you know, you know, if you're, if you're thinking of someone who's going to stay at the Ned in London, you know, and they, and they go to TripAdvisor and they read and they see that there's 713 reviews. First, who's writing them? Do they really trust them? Do they really know them? Are some of them games? You know, the, we're hearing that some TripAdvisor stuff is gamed here and there, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, most of it's very legit and, and, and I know they work very hard to, you know, to do their best. Uh, but, you know, so, so someone's going through the, you know, that's option A. Option B is, you know, Surface Magazine, which is, you know, an art design magazine that's been around for 23 years and, and, and is really beloved in the, you know, in the art and design community. You know, if they've done a feature on the NED, well, who are you, who's do you want to read? The editor-in-chief of Surface, who obviously probably knows something about good design and, and your tastes. Or do you want to try to figure out who the 373 people who wrote the review are on TripAdvisor? So I think TripAdvisor yep. is just such a great resource at the three-star range, price, convenience. Yep. Yep. I want a clean room. I want to be near the hotel. I want to be near here. I think it's the OTAs and TripAdvisor do a good job there. I think it's the higher yep. end yep. Uh, where, where well, who wrote that review and how much do I trust them? This is about taste. This is about sensibilities. Do their sensibilities match mine? You know, I've seen reviews... You know, my favorite hotel in L.A., well, not on the beach in L.A., but in L.A., you know, in Hollywood, is the Chateau Marimont. And I've read reviews on there. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, probably a hundred-year-old building. It looks yeah. like a, you yeah. know, it, it's a, it looks like a... It's a bit of a famous property, right? It's a very famous property. And, you know, uh, outlandish Hollywood parties and every everything that you, you know, yeah. I think I think that's where, uh, unfortunately, maybe not good things, but 
I think John Belushi OD'd there yeah, in, in, yeah. In, you know, in, one, in one of the things. And there's a story history of musicians and artists in Hollywood and sort of being at the intersection of all of that. And when you go there, it's, you know, it's Andre Belaz, who, of course, you know, has such fabulous taste mm -hmm. and brings such great people around his properties. But, you, you know, you go there and, and, you know, like if you're looking, you know, first, the, 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 the keys aren't fobbed. They're, they're these old rickety keys. You know, I've gotten the wrong key before and had to go back down the stairs because the two elevators are a little slow. And, you know, if your room's over the courtyard, it kind of goes till one in the morning. And y yes, it might be Katy Perry down there with her friends. But if you're, you know, if you're there with your, you know, 11 month old, which, you know, I have, I have two young kids now. I don't want to be at the Chateau with, my, with no, my kids. No. But if I'm going there for business, I know it's the crossroads of Hollywood. And, you know, so everyone's happy to come there. Perfect. But you can't. Who's going to write that in a TripAdvisor, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So to get that kind of sort of uh, more nuanced sensibility, uh, I think, um, you know, things that things that are more of experiences. Uh, Ian Schrager said it very well where, you know, when he's building the public, he's looking to build something that's a core of the urban fiber of, 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 of you know, it is a, it is, it is not just for visitors. It is a crossroads for visitors and locals. And it's part of the, I think urban fiber is a, you know, is an interesting way to put it, um, or an accurate way to put it. Um, you know, when when it's part of the urban fiber, you know, that's a different thing than 300 random people from Middle America are going to be able to communicate, or from wherever you know the reviews came from. So, there's a wonderful place for user-generated content because it's very hard for editorial content to cover yeah. the whole gamut. Yeah. But there's certainly a need at the higher end for yeah. editorial content. So. That's kind of why yeah. we focus there. Understood. Okay, great. So, tell us how it works. Like, how how does the interaction or the or the association between the two really work, and how does the publisher get their um, right, right? So, so, so look. Long term, we want to measure and enable. Okay, hotels cannot invest in anything that's not measurable, right? Because, frankly, the relationship between the hotel owner and the management company. It's kind of like, well, the management company is expected to bring their brand and audience to the table. So if you sit down with the owner and you say, well, we're going to take a million dollars and put it in this brand marketing program with Condé, it's kind of like, well, isn't that what I paid you for your flag for? And no, 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 let's just do the, the, the commissions, you know? And so in a sense, this relationship, the separation of, of, of brands and real estate uh, creates this sort of thing where nothing measurable can be invested in, period. So if you sort of accept that as a principle, well, not all forms of marketing are immediately measurable or right at the point of transaction. And let's look at my wallpaper example. If you kind of just want to reward the point of transaction, are you actually missing out on the opportunity to stimulate the point of inspiration? And so my insight is I want to be able to enable measurement for everything that's at the point of inspiration. You know, it sounds creepy, especially in Europe, but, you know, Gmail looks at what you're writing about in your in your content and targets its ads, you know, around your email content. You know, Alexa is the shining star of Amazon, which is the shining star of the tech world, mm. you know, this past year. And, you know, Alexa's listening to conversations in the kitchen or ads going to start being generated. You know, they're saying it's not going to be. But, you know, so the point is today um, we are enabling uh, uh, commerce between hotel luxury hotels and luxury travel publishers. But we envision being able to provide that same measurement bridge to social, 
um, to um, you know to all really forms of, of where the point of inspiration is. Um, Focus right says that thirty percent of consumers um, uh, say that uh, newspapers and publishing heavily influenced their their travel uh, 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 decisions. So that's where we're starting. Right. And so today, the way it works is, you know, we have about uh, ten publishers. Uh, the most notable, you know, well, we have a Hotel Life and Fathom Away uh, and Surface Hotels and a Farm Magazine, uh, and we're in contract with some of the market leaders. Um, we have Travel Curator um, uh, and, and a bunch of other stuff. So basically, the way it works is we have publishers on one side, we have hotels on the other. Mm -hmm. And today we have about 75 hotels that have signed up to our platform uh, or are in the midst of signing up to our platform. We're probably live with with 45 of those now. Mm -hmm. uh, and basically, we'll go to our publishers and we'll say, great news. Um, the uh, the Royalton, uh, you know, the, the very first boutique hotel, part of the Urban Fiber, uh, they uh, are now part of the platform. Uh, if you feel it's editorially worthy, uh, you could write a review and then mail that to your entire database. But not just once, but now that they're paying, you know, we're gonna track the cause and effect. They're gonna share their booking files with us, their property management data from Opera in many cases, but mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. They're gonna share that with, with our third-party data shop through secure API, so there's no real incremental security risk. So that data is sort of one data set. And then we track not who's in the publisher databases, but which we put tags on the publisher sites to see which readers read about which hotels and so let's say the let's say a hotel life uh does a uh a mailing about how the royalton was the original and it's still really relevant and it's just been nicely refurbished uh and um you know uh so so the hotel life sent you know sends an influencer to stay there and, the, and they write about it um and you know let's say that gets mailed to their database uh, March 15th. We'll track, okay, here's the 11,000 people who, not the 11,000 people who got it, there's hundreds of thousands of people who got it, but here's 11,000 people who read it and engaged in the content by doing something like clicking on the content or clicking on the story. And then we store that and we send that over to the third party data company. Then a bunch of data voodoo, I'll call it, happens where <laughs> we take that email address, we see what other emails are in the household, we match it to the people in the household, through our third-party data company, and then they go look for those people in the property management database. Right, right. And just very simply, okay, okay Mike Kariakos on June 11th read about the Royalton Hotel, and here he is staying at the Royalton Hotel for uh, September Fashion Week. Right. Um, and 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 you know because he's an educated consumer, he knew that it's you know yep. great place and got a suite, and he spent. Thirty-eight hundred dollars in, in, you know, across a uh, across a three-night stay. Mm -hmm. You know, we we'll then find that cause and effect, uh, and we get sent that by the data company, and we get sent a lot of data when they read it, where their IP address, why it was considered a match, when they checked into the hotel, and then any data that came in through the PMS, and basically, you know, we'll we Curiosity will then send a file. Uh, to the hotel, we'll reconcile with their accounting team, uh, we'll agree on an invoice, we'll invoice the hotel, uh, and we'll take that commissions, which are usually in the 15% range, 
uh, and we'll share it with the publishers after paying for you know all the work that we have to right. do to right. uh, to administer this in the middle. Okay. Um, and frankly, it's pretty similar to what we did at Everyday Health, yeah. uh, except um, as opposed to invoicing based on the actual revenue produced, it was more like we were guaranteeing it and we were using measurement after the fact as opposed to to generate you know invoicing yeah okay um, cool. so it sounds like michael from now well from today on you've had a very good start up mm -hmm. until today i should say um you've got 75 properties on board uh -huh. um where do you see yourself in the next three years where's curiosity going in in three years where will they be in three years yeah time? sure so so first of all you know today uh obviously we're, we've had we've had a nice start we're driving probably half a million dollars in revenue on average for the hotels that we're working with. And we're working with uh, a good set of uh, publisher uh, publishers in the uh, travel media sector. You know, scale, scale, scale. You know, we want to be working with a thousand hotels, all market leading uh, publishers. We want to be helping measure against Instagram and Facebook data, social data, uh, and other uh, points of inspiration. In essence, we expect, uh, you know, I would define success as in most marketing ecosystems, half the money spent at the point of transaction, half at the point of inspiration. This category is 95% the point of transaction. If we do our jobs, it'll be 50-50, and that'll result in about $10 billion being shifted out of sort of the point of transaction to the point of inspiration. So okay. that's where ideally we'll, we'll, we'll be. Okay, good. You mentioned influencers before, and I um, it's kind of brought back a, a memory that I had recently whereby here in America, mm -hmm. um, a hotel actually exposed a blogger or mm -hmm. vlogger um, for them approaching the hotel to have a Valentine's stay there and in return uh, they got basically a good review, good yeah. feedback from their channel and yeah. they get uh, distribution on like, from, from their subscribers. Um, a lot of hotels perhaps aren't in favor of that type of situation yeah. in terms of the um, free room and everything yeah. in return. What's your take on that? Because obviously with the media platform and the dynamic changing today and vloggers becoming, or influencers, let's say, becoming quite um, prevalent, especially in our industry with yeah. travel. Uh, what's your take on that? Do you think hoteliers should be open to it or do you think they should actually push back and say, no, we'll do our own? I think they should be pretty, uh, I, I think they should, they, they, they should be very selective because the, the, the reality is um, influencers can be, you know, they range from very legit to very nefarious. And without the ability to measure the downstream impact of that influencer, how do you know if that influencer is 100,000 followers? You know, you, can, you could buy followers for a penny a follower in different yeah. ways. Yeah. And, and, and some of them, you know, some influencers, I mean, let's talk about the ultimate influencer, you know, when, when I mean, well, uh, not to be uh, uh, too politically unpopular, when Melania Trump wears something, it sells out. When Kate Middleton wears something, it sells out. There are, of course, some extremely legitimate influencers, and parsing that is very hard. Today, um, you know, and if you're listening, anyone on Instagram or Facebook, we'd love to help you guys because obviously um, there the the there's a lot of uh, good activity happening. There's a lot of nefarious activity happening, and until this is measurable, which we're happy to help. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, do more fully, uh, then it's hard to invest in. Yeah. We have, you know, I view a publisher, a publisher, Condé Nast Traveler is an influencer, but it's like an Uber influencer, you know, right, it's a super right, influencer. Right, right. You know, and so I think in the world where like things are odd, like magazine companies have always had their audiences audited. Digital companies have had their audiences audited. So at least you know the audience size is there, 
but that doesn't really mean it's driving revenue. Mm. So again, we've solved the problem for publishers because we can measure, you know, uh, on on out of email, we know who the email recipient is. Many publishers have many registered users. There's technology companies like LiveRamp and Throttle that allow you to measure organic traffic, although we're more focused on email uh, these days to start. Um, but ultimately, you know, Facebook was one of the pioneers in, in doing what I'm doing. They just haven't done it in travel yet, right? So in in 2008 and nine, Procter & Gamble, the world's largest marketer, was testing marketing on, on Facebook as any responsible marketer does on an exploding platform. Uh, and the, you know, they, the reality, you know, this was, let's say they were spending a million dollars a brand uh, for some of their big brands. They didn't know what they were going to, you know, they, well, okay, the reports were, we went from 300,000 people liking, you know, uh, Swiffer to a million people liking Swiffer. Well, was that a good deal for the million dollars we spent or not? You know, they, they didn't, just because some, there was an action taken, it didn't mean it was an action that led to sales. Sure. Uh, and so, you know, when Facebook engaged with Procter & Gamble and said, look, clearly, you know, we're in your experimental buckets now, thank you. How do we scale? The answer was, we need to measure, you know, and you guys know, you know, we spent the million dollars, you know which likes of our, which people are following other brands because of that million dollars. We want to see, are they buying more Swiffer in the store? And, you know, we can do that. We can, we can tell you who's buying stuff because, you know, in America, we're crazy. 70% of people, 70% of packaged goods sales are measurable through your, uh, through a loyalty program of some sort, right. a Kroger's loyalty program, a Dwayne Reed loyalty program, a Tesco loyalty program, whatever it is. Uh, and, or, uh, uh, is it Hema in or Hema, Hema in, uh, in 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 Holland and in Germany? Um, uh, the, like the big departments are. So so basically, customer loyalties uh, can see. Okay, well, Mike bought Swiffer on July twelfth. Well, if I if I just started, if I never bought Swiffer and I just liked the the Swiffer brand on Facebook, ninety days prior to that you know, you could extrapolate a cause and effect that would illustrate an ROI. And so after, a, you know, uh, so so Facebook um, uh, and Procter & Gamble began measuring through a company called Data Logics, and that allowed Facebook, or that allowed Procter & Gamble to really scale its spend. It went, it went, it was like, it was crazy. It went from, you know, a little bit here and there to like, we were hearing like $200 million across their U.S. brand portfolios two, three years later were being spent on Facebook because of that cause and effect work. Mm. And so in reality, Facebook and Instagram just need to pick a research vendor right over here. Uh, we're happy to, to be that in the in the hotel space, share data back and allow us to, you know, enable hotels to see the same thing. Mm. So while we're starting with publishers, you know, we, we do want to go to social next, yeah. um, you know, uh, and there's lots of different points of, 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 of influence uh, that we want to be able to help hotels uh, better measure. Yep. If we were getting that Instagram data, then the hotel could change their response. They could say, "You're welcome to uh, to be a, be a uh, influencer. You're welcome to stay at the hotel. You can even sign our influencer travel agent agreement, and you can be commissioned for the revenue that you drive." Yeah. So if you have a legitimate audience and you've built your audience the right way, then that's that'll be more attractive to you than a free night. Yeah. But if you're shady and you've just traded likes with you know someone in Bangladesh, you know, then you're probably going to make no money, and, and the triple cost you money. So in in a sense, you know, transparency uh, uh, enables you know 
this fragmented influencer media mm. environment mm. Uh, to be made sense of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Okay, shifting gears a little bit, Michael. Tell me a little bit about your travel habits. Are you are you a brand loyal person when you travel? Do you go out and do you experience, or are you more an experience yeah. type of person? I have a feeling that you're uh, you have a, a certain standard when you go out and travel yeah. based on from our interactions so far, yeah. our discussions. So tell me, what what is it when you book? How do you book your travel? What do you look for when you book? And what channels do you typically book through? Sure. And, and, and look, you know, a lot of, you know, everyday health, um, we were dealing with sort of the celebrities of the health world, you know, the Jillian Michaels on The Biggest Loser and Dr. Arthur Agatson, who wrote The South Beach Diet and, you know, Dr. Gupta and then the authors of What to Expect When You're Expecting. And they kind of, you know, when you're traveling to see them, because we were, you know, we were a start, you know, we were a startup and so they didn't come to us per se. Mm -hmm. They were the stars, you know. We were conscious of where of, of where they came to see us, you know, and and it does make an impression, you know, and they know what a part of their the, the cultural, you know, when when you're staying at the Raleigh Hotel in South Beach, when when it's really cool and in, and in, and an in the know thing to do, you know that ref, I used to view that that reflected positively on working with us because those are you know cool cooler people probably want to work with people with their similar sensibilities yep, yep. so i became really sensitive to my travel choices because of business uh but then of course once you're exposed to nice things it's pretty hard to uh it's pretty hard to go back it is, um, so so i've been on a uh uh i've been on a uh on on, on a road of uh, of 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 um, you know of be, you know becoming harder and harder to uh service and satisfy over over yeah. uh I become very high maintenance, as my, as right, my wife, right, uh, right. as my wife says. Um, in terms of how I, I uh, curate, um, you know, probably because of that sensitivity at work, I found those resources like Tablet Hotels and the Wallpaper City Guides, and just out of personal interest, you know, you you then start using those same resources to plan your personal uh, trips. So now, you know, for example, today I'm going to uh, San Francisco uh, for business. Um, and you know, so, so that's again, driven by business. It's like, I'm going to San Francisco. I'm trying to work with, um, certain hotels. I'm trying to work with Kimpton. I'm trying to work with, uh, uh, Viceroy, you know, so I'll, I'll alternate between some of their properties, yeah. uh, because I'll be meeting, uh, uh, meeting with them and also wanting to, to know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about their properties. Mm. Uh, but when I do personal, uh, travel, uh, at this point, I'm also a new dad, so that's uh, you know that's changed things a little Congratulations. bit. Congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I'll I'll start uh, by you know if spring break is coming up, I you know when it's somewhere warm, uh, we we we've been to Miami a few times recently. Let's not do that. We we've heard nice things about Key West, and and then it's a little bit more laid back and and relaxed. That that felt like a nice environment to check out. Uh, and so then how do I pick pick somewhere uh, in Key West? Uh, I actually Google, you know, Key West, Condé Nast, Key West, Travel and Leisure, Key West right. Departures, yep. and I see what they recommend. Uh, and, and then I sort of hone in from there. Okay. Uh, so in this case, we ended up sit, we're staying at the pier okay. hotel and spa. Yeah. After the Google piece, do you go directly to the, the brand website or do you go via a, an OTA channel? Um, you know, I will go directly to the brand website, right. you know, now, now really understanding the, this situation, I know that, um, uh, if I book direct, um, that the hotel is making more money. Uh, I'll get an email from their concierge before I arrive 
uh, that'll that'll help me plan my trip more effectively. Uh, and 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 you know I'll probably get an upgrade or right. you know just it's the economics are better for the hotel. Yeah, yeah. I, I should end up be being a more favorite customer. Yeah, you know yeah, naturally. Absolutely. No, it's that's very. It's a good point. I am exactly the same way. I will always Google first. Yeah. And then wherever possible, go direct to brand. Uh, I find it's just a better experience. Yeah. From my perspective. I I think that for, that for for me. Um, now that I'm sort of, you know, I, I probably had gotten there on most of my stomping grounds, mm-hmm. um, you know, after, you know, once you've traveled to a place two or three times, you know, you know yeah. what you like. Yeah. Um, but I think the dynamic of, um, of having a family now, it really does change. Okay, well, oh, the Chateau Miramont's no longer my go-to. No. Yeah. And if I'm going to bring my family on, on you know, on, on, on a trip to L.A. and, you know, you're looking for very different things. Yeah. So, so in that world of discovery, it's like, who do you trust? Yeah. Uh, and and you know it's self-serving for me to say, but I but I've historically you know gone to the curators and 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 travel media and you know those gold 150 lists and the best hundred places in the world or the Rob reports you know most luxurious family resort you know all, all those all those uh, uh, all those research tools uh, sort of come into play now that I sort of I have this new sort of category of travel. That's the interesting thing about travel is your and why travel media will always be, I think, very important is our life stages dictate what we're doing. And, you know, I remember, you know, in college saying, why would anyone stay anywhere other than a hostel? It's so fun. You meet everyone, mm. you know, to, you know, if you offered me, you know, it would, I mean, I would be, I couldn't, can you imagine myself checking into you know, the generator hostels and those <laughs> new hostels are kind of cool, but you know, um, it, I, it'd, be, it'd be hard. So, so different stages of life, um, uh, change yeah, your priorities and courses, yeah. And, and yeah. then, and then, it, you know, then you, then you need some new information, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Michael, we're out of time. We're out of it's time. It's already gone. Okay. Unbelievable. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. It's been great having you on the show. My pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you very so much. much. Thank you for, uh, for allowing me to participate and to much success. Uh, for this new needed uh, platform Thank in, you. Uh, in, in tech travel. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, folks, that's all for today's show. Uh, thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe if you like this uh, to watch other episodes. Hit the note, hit the bell next to the subscribe button to get notifications. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye for now. Thanks,